be seated. Uh, if you would put up Leviticus 19 and 16. Leviticus 19 and 16. Uh, just, uh, I'm going to finish my lesson from this morning and I just want to read this verse, Leviticus the 19th chapter and the uh, 16th verse because it is a, a verse that is causing a little bit of uh, consternation, if you will, in uh, Israel today. This verse says, Thou shalt not go up and down as a talebearer among thy people. And then the last phrase, Neither shall thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor. I am the Lord. That verse is um, a verse um, that basically what it's saying is don't uh, you know, if you can, when it says stand against the blood, if they take that to mean that if there were captives, that you should do everything you can to release those captives. And so the Jews believe very strongly in obeying that verse. And uh, uh, I, you saw it. it. It says stand against the blood of thy neighbor. And that whole point of that is um, unfortunately about 800 years ago a rabbi was captured and he refused to be released uh, refused to they were paying a ransom for him and uh, he refused to leave his captors because he said if you pay that ransom I will uh, I know they will open the door for them to take more hostages and so uh, conflict within Israel because some say we should immediately open the prisons and let uh, captives go. But of course the man that masterminded the October 7th uh, attack was himself a prisoner in Israel that was released about five years ago. And uh, he has been out for five years and he masterminded this attack to capture uh, Israelis to hold them ransom. And so it's, um, you know, what's going on? It, it's a tinderbox. And with uh, American soldiers that were killed, uh, just uh, three of them on the border of Jordan and Syria, and uh, some of these things with Ukraine and what's going on, it, it should make us look up. I believe we're living in the last days. And I believe that we are living at a time when, you know, in the midst of all of this, uh, the Lord is, uh, you know, and then when I, I read, uh, I listened uh, to reports of AI and the capability of uh, machines and knowledge and, you know, identifying people and faces and how machines learn and uh, almost as if it would be the beast that could shut down people by we all the components of revelation are in place folks doesn't take a lot 
for it to uh, go forward. But I started this morning talking about the purpose of the Lord. And I, uh, if you were not here and you want to listen to it, I went through some historical uh, points of the scriptures as well as trying to get an understanding or let you appreciate the importance of the Lord knowing his purpose. He knew it from birth, the Bible says. We know the Old Testament prophets had written about it. We know that um, when Zacharias came, Zacharias understood the purpose of his son, John the Baptist. The angel told him, and uh, he said, uh, he, in fact, in Luke, the first chapter, told what that purpose was. He did not realize that his son would die. Even John did not realize that. He, but he knew his purpose was to be the forerunner. He didn't think he was going to end up being beheaded, but he knew his purpose. And I, 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 I basically wanted to somehow uh, encourage all of us that in fact knowing our purpose number one is to do the will of God is to be called out of darkness I read the verses in first Peter where he says you know you've been called to show forth the praises of God he that's why he filled you with the Holy Ghost not just to make it to heaven but to uh, basically praise the Lord, serve the Lord, make the Lord number one. That's the purpose. And I realize that young people are, are looking at their life and not just young people, but uh, as you get older, you know, whether it's uh, in your 80s or 90s or 100s or 70s or 60s or 50s or 40s, you have stages in life and you have moments when you have to find out, okay, what's my purpose? What is my, what is my, you know, what am I supposed to be doing? What am I called for? What is my, what, what does it matter that I'm walking in shoe leather? And what is it that I can do? Let me tell you, the enemy will use any kind of thing to make you feel like, you know, you, you have no purpose. You have no purpose. You have no reason for living. That is the lie from the devil. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy my purpose, what your purpose is, that I should praise him, I should serve him, I should do his will every day. And you say, well, I, does that mean I'm going to pastor? Does that mean I'm going to be a missionary? I, I'm not as much interested in what his will is. He will open the door, but yet Jesus knew, he knew, he was going to die. And, and that's a, an amazing read in, in Hebrews, the 10th chapter, in the midst of Paul talking about the burnt offering and some of those things. Here's what he said in the 10th chapter. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. What Paul was saying is that the sacrifices that were of the blood of bulls and of goats and of rams didn't get rid of the remembrance of sin. Now, the devil has a good way of not letting you forget your mistakes. Anybody ever understand the voice of the accuser? Have you often thought about, oh, I wish I wouldn't have, I didn't, uh, huh? And yet, with God, what does he say? He puts it in the sea, never 
to be remembered. That's a hard concept for us because we remember it. I remember, I remember. And so Paul is saying it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. Wherefore, he cometh into the world, he saith, this is talking about Jesus, sacrifice and offerings thou wouldest not, but a body thou hast prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast no pleasure. And then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do what? To do thy will, O God. That becomes, a, that should be our purpose. So, well, what is, what is my purpose? My purpose is to make a million dollars, have a lot of money, own a house, buy a car, have a family. My purpose, and we can get all kinds of things in our mind. And I've seen people get very depressed when they can't figure out their purpose or when their purpose seems to be challenged. You know, all my life I dreamed of fill in the blank. Getting married. All my life I dreamed of having a family. All my life I dreamed of going to wherever. All my life I've dreamed of making a million dollars. Whatever you want to put in that blank. And when all of a sudden I realized, I don't know that I'm going to do that. I thought I was going to cure cancer, and now I got it. Huh? Man, how do you feel? How is that going to impact you? That's why having a purpose that is spiritual becomes essential to our well-being mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. When a purpose, you know, when a person says, uh, what is my purpose? Number one is to do thy will, O God. And, and let, me, let me show you, Paul also wrote in the church of Philippians uh, to them about some of this. And, and he, you, you read it. I'm, I'm going to kind of go through there and you say, well, all right, my purpose is to do thy will, O God. Paul I understood that as I read this morning in 1 Peter, you can read it again and, and talks about our purpose is to show forth his praises, all of those things. Let me read to you what Paul said in Philippians. That second chapter, you can read it. It says, if there be any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy and be what? Like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife and vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. That's all that's easy to do, right? I don't see it here. I'm not hearing a lot of amens. My job is to do thy will, O Lord. Did the Lord do all these things? Look not every man to his own things, but every man on the things of others. And then he's very specific. Let this mind be in you, 
which was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon himself the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, found fashion as a man, humbled himself, obedient to death, death of the cross. Seven powerful things that the Lord did. <laughs> Wherefore, verse 9, God hath highly exalted him, given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as much as you obeyed, now this is where it gets to us. I want to do thy will, O Lord. Isn't that wonderful? I want to do the will of the Lord as long as it's my will as well. Huh? And we've all been guilty of that. I, I, I can tell you, you know. Lord, I'll go anywhere but take Africa off the map and... Huh? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever had some of those prayers when you go, but now really, God, seriously? Are you sure? And I get it. I'm not, you know, it's hard. It's hard to figure out the will of the Lord, and it's a job. And let me show you what he said here in verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now so much more in my absence. And then he says this powerful line. Work out your own salvation Now that word salvation there, if you go to the original Greek, it's work out your own deliverance. Salvation, deliverance. You have to work at deliverance. Huh? Oh, the Lord will fill you with the Holy Ghost. He'll give you power. He'll break every chain. But you got to work on it. Huh? You say, well, I, I, I want, you know, oh, Lord, I want you to deliver me from fill in the blank. And the Lord says, okay, you're going to have to work on this. You're going to have to set some boundaries. You're going to have to get accountability. You're going to have to turn some things off, turn some things on, do some, you say, I don't want to do that. I want God to just come down and poof. Well, unfortunately, the Lord, Jesus, had to go to Calvary. He could not just bypass the agony. I don't get to bypass the workout. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't, for those of you who may have not be well aware of this, I don't get up every morning at 4 o'clock and go to the gym and work out. I know some of you may, and it's okay, and I, I get it. I'm, I'm all right with anybody that does. But um, while I'm eating Cheetos, I would love to have a more slim and trim body. But it doesn't work that way. And I could pray about it every night. Pass the Cheetos, Lord, help this to turn to carrots. 
Huh? It doesn't happen that way, okay? It's fear and trembling. If you want deliverance, then the next verse, you know what he said? <laughs> For it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God is inside us when we receive the Holy Ghost and he wants to work from the inside out getting you to be obedient. I just want him to take away all my desires. I just want him to, I, that way I'll never desire to do anything bad or evil. You got to work on obedience. Did you hear me? <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, I just, I, I believe that when I got the Holy Ghost, just obedience flowed. Well, it did for that first hour and a half. And then you got to work on it. You got to say, oh, I don't want to, Lord, I need to obey. And this is where people get a little bit, let me show you what Paul said, and I know my time. I, I, let me just go on, Philippians, the second chapter. Then he says, do all things without, what? Anybody had to work on the murmuring? Probably none of us. But is it easy to get caught up in the, huh? Pastor, you're being mean. I'm just, I'm reading what Paul said. It has nothing to do with what I'm saying. Children of Israel had the issue when they came out. Of, he said, it's easy when the Lord, you know, when you're, you're away from everybody else and there's a pillar of fire and a cloud and your clothes aren't wearing out and you just, you know, the Lord's feeding you bread every morning and you have, you know, hallelujah, this does, I'm tired of eating this. Huh? Easy to grumble and complain. And that we read the verses this morning in Isaiah. He went as a lamb before the shearers. He went. He didn't open his mouth. Oh, hallelujah. Work on not murmuring. Then he goes on. Paul says, he says, not only do you have to do that, that you may be blameless, harmless sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you are supposed to shine as lights in the world. Whew. What are you saying? You have to work on staying pure. In this perverse, crooked Generation, let me tell you how easy it is for a spirit to jump from another car into your car. Hmm? Just let them point you. Maybe you don't have, then, you know, I know, I thank you for praying for me because it's like, Oh, I want to say something. I want to do something. Oh, I, huh? Yeah. He said that you may stay pure, blameless, harmless. Sons of God. I want to do the will of God, pastor. 
Okay, well, work on your murmuring, work on your uh, obedience, work on your deliverance, work on staying pure. Because if, you, if you're going to do the will of God, let me keep going. Everybody's quiet tonight. What the what? The what? Holding forth the word of life. What was that? Be a witness that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I am not run in vain, neither labored in vain. You know, you've got to work on your witnessing because if we're not careful, none of us like, uh, I don't want to upset the apple car. I don't want anybody, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to let them know that I, I you know, I, uh, oh God. He said, that's what Paul said. You got to work on witnessing. Why? Because it's not in our nature. I don't want anybody to know. You say, well, and my, I, my oldest granddaughter, she likes to give cards to everybody and here, witnessing card. She keeps us in cards. We go through line at McDonald's. Give them a card, Papa. And I'm like, oh, well, I you know, yeah. When you're older, you'll know not to do that. Shame on me. Huh? The Lord's filled her with the Holy Ghost. She was baptized in his name. She ought to want to tell everybody she meets. Okay, well, you'll get over it. I hope she doesn't get over it. I hope she doesn't get over it. The problem is that we have one. I don't, Paul said, work on holding forth the word of life. Let me keep going here. Philippians, it's, it gets fun. <clears throat> Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do you joy and rejoice with me. You know what that last one is? You got to work on rejoicing. <laughs> if I follow Christ's pattern of sacrificially giving and I have to give my very life, do it with all I read it to you this morning. The disciples came out of the temple after spending the night in jail. And they said, whether we obey God or man, we would rather. And the Bible says they rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer for his name. Are those things easy? No, but that's why I have to pray every day, not my, not what I want because I have a purpose. What is my purpose? To be like, to be like on earth I long. Is it just a song or is it what my purpose is. Oh God, 
help us. Isaiah, he told them, to what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me? Isaiah told the children of Israel, tell me the purpose because you come and you spread your hands and they're full of blood. You say, Pastor, I want to know. Oh, I can say many prayers. He said, I will not hear. You need to wash, clean up, and get rid of all that. Cease from doing evil. Wow, that's pretty candid. (laughs) Jeremiah, for I spake not unto your fathers, nor commanded them in the day that I brought them out of Egypt concerning burnt offerings and sacrifices. This thing I commanded them, obey my voice. I will be your God. You shall be my people and you shall walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you that it may be well to me. But listen to what they did. They hearkened not. They didn't do it. They did not incline their ear, but walked in the counsel and imagination of the evil heart and went backwards and not forwards. So when you go back to Hebrews, knowing that the Hebrews knew about those verses, Paul says, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus once for all. And every priest standing daily ministering and offering sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for the sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. Paul begins to hammer. When you start trying to be like him, when you start working on all of these things, he said, I'm telling you what the Lord has already done. Jesus was the Old Testament, the priest came and stood every day and he ministered. But now we have a high priest that is sitting down. He is finished. It's over. The sacrifice was paid. The blood was shed on Calvary. He is now one that sits, one one offering that took place of all the sins from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool what are you saying I'm talking about the power of the blood the power of the Holy Ghost that can literally take away he can make your enemies be thrown in in, in, under your feet I'm not talking about oh I'm going to battle this the rest of my life I don't believe that for one moment I'm talking about a Holy Ghost power that is able to deliver and make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. That's the kind of power that Jesus performed when he died on Calvary. You say, I I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can conquer it. For one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. The old covenant couldn't perfect, but the new perfects. The blood of Jesus now is able to perfect someone. He says, the Holy Ghost is a witness to us. For after he had said this before, 
put here on the slide. This is why I tell people you need the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is what the Lord went to Calvary for. Shed his blood so that he could baptize us with his spirit. Say, I don't, I don't know if I can handle it. I don't know. He said, this is the covenant I will make with them. In those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law where? In their hearts and in their mind. When you get the gift of the Holy Ghost, he writes something in the heart. That's why you can be having just the time of your life and all of a sudden a voice will say, what are you doing? You'll feel a little quickening in your spirit. You have a thing in your mind. What's going on? The Holy Ghost is trying to deal with us. He says, it's on the inside. It's the heart issue. But then he says it in verse 17. And their sins and iniquities will I remember what? No more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Forgiveness with no other sacrifice. I know the enemy wants to beat us up. I know the enemy wants to tell us what all we've done wrong. But I'm going to tell you, the blood was shed on Calvary for one reason. So that we, brethren, could have boldness to enter into the holiest. How? By the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil. That is to say our flesh. What are you saying? Whatever you've done, there's blood for that. You say, oh, well, it's bad. I know. But there's blood for it all. That's what this whole, I know, Easter's coming. That's what all of this is about is saying, you know what? I want somebody to know there was a price that was paid on Calvary so that I could be free. I could be delivered. I, my enemies could be totally conquered and put under my feet. You could, tread them all, you could tread upon snakes and scorpions. You say, well, pastor, I'm still struggling with, work on it. Work out your deliverance with fear and trembling. Work on your obedience. Work on, oh, I don't want to work on it. I want the Holy Ghost just to do it. No, I'm going to have to get in the garden myself and say, not my will, but thine be done. Let's stand. Good to be here tonight. Good to have all of you here. We're going to come. We're just going to ask the Lord. Lord, I want to follow your example. I want to get a new purpose in my life. My purpose is to do your will, O oh Lord. My purpose is to work on praising you. My purpose is to worship you. My purpose is to live for you. My purpose goes beyond what I want. My purpose goes to I want to do the will of the Lord. If you want to make that proclamation, come. We're going to stand. 
You say, I need the Holy Ghost to do it. I'm going to tell you, you can't do it without the Holy Ghost. Let me say that again. Even with the Holy Ghost, you're going to have a hard time to always do it. But that's got to be my new purpose. Lord, I want to do your will. 